Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Hey, welcome to the Impact Hour. I'm John, and today we're going to talk about making change. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of change you make when you hand in a 20 and someone gives you some 1s and 5s and a 10 back. We're talking about making change in our lives. And oftentimes, change can be pretty hard. Change can feel uncomfortable, even like simple change. Change that's kind of light. Sometimes it kind of feels uncomfortable. It doesn't feel like... Well, I don't know. Some change can be pretty exciting. It depends on the change. But a lot of times the change is, it just feels we feel out of sorts for a bit. You know, we change jobs and the new job is new. It's like, what's going on? Who are these people? And not quite sure, perhaps. It may be a little exciting at the same time. But other change can be really difficult. Changes in our habits, in our patterns, in our behavior, in our automatic responses, those changes can be pretty darn hard. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. And as a part of this, I'm going to introduce to you folks just a little bit about what it's like to do coaching with me because I help people make change. And so a lot of this is what I pay attention to, what I work on, and uh, the kind of things that I do to help people make change in their lives. And so you'll get a little bit of a peek under the, under the hood at those kind of things as well. So just to start, change can happen at different levels. And the deeper level the change the harder it is to make, but probably the more profound it is when you make the change. So inside people, basically what we see in ourselves and in each other is we see our behaviors. These are the things we do, the things we say, these are our behaviors, and we see a lot of that. And a lot of times that's the place where we want the change to show up. We want the change to show up in our behaviors. We want our automatic responses to be different, We want to interact with people. We want the behaviors to be different. We want to instill new habits. Um, Those are the places where we often want the change to take place. However, what's going on in each of us is a whole lot more complicated than, oh, we just have these behaviors. Because inside of us, underneath the behaviors, the things that are driving the behaviors that we have are a whole lot of things going on beneath the surface. So we might have the things that we make it mean. What do I mean by that? (laughs) Uh, That is where something happens. Someone cuts us off on the road. What does that mean? What does that mean about them? What does it mean about their character? What does it mean about their intent? And we often come up with all kinds of stories and explanations for why did this person just have this behavior? That's the stories and the meanings that we are assigning to things going on out there. So that's, at some level, things are going on inside of us, and a lot of times the, the behaviors that we have are derived from the, the meanings that we are assigning to things. For instance, let's suppose the boss says, hey, I need to talk to you. Let's schedule a time later today. I'd like to get together. And let's suppose the meaning we've assigned is maybe we believe every time the boss wants to talk to us, it's bad. That means they're going to write us up they're going to complain about something that we're, we've done or not done. And so the meaning we've assigned is when the boss comes and says they'd like to talk, there's some problem. So that's what we believe. And so maybe our behaviors are avoidance. Well, oh, I'm too busy. You know, can't get together. I've got this project going on. 
you know, two rolls around and so we just disappear. We're not around at all. The boss can't find us. And then it's the next day. And so we have all these avoiding behaviors because what we've made it mean is if the boss wants to talk to us, it's bad. So that's just an example of what we make it mean can drive behaviors. I'm not saying that would be you necessarily, but, you know, it's just an example. So underneath the stories that we assign to things in there are, are a set of beliefs. So the stories and the beliefs, sometimes they're, they're, you know, kind of woven together. The story we make up around why is someone doing something has to do with the, what we believe is true. But sometimes those can be a little bit separate. And so these are things that we believe are true about the world. So example I gave is, uh, you know, if the boss wants to talk to us, then it's something bad. That's a belief. And the story we're making up is the boss wants to talk to me. Therefore, there's something bad that's going to happen. There's something wrong and I need to avoid that. Underneath those beliefs, a lot of times uh, or oftentimes, most of the time, we have what I call perceptual filters. There are things that we perceive and we are focused on those things that we perceive. And there are a lot of things that are going on that we don't perceive because we're not focused on them. These are our perceptual filters. So what we see, what we take in is filtered. So we don't really see everything going on. And for good reason. If we took in every single thing going on in a given moment, it would be too much. It would be overwhelming. And so our brain filters out. Well, this is not important. That's not important. You know, we don't need to take in every single detail about everything. Our mind tends to filter out those things that we don't need to pay attention to and let in the things that we do need to pay attention to. You know, so if we've got, you know, we're standing out maybe in our yard and we see an anthill with some ants and we're not paying attention to that too much because we saw a spider crawl across, across our leg and yikes, that's what we're paying attention to. We need to get that thing off. And the ants don't even make it into our perception. We didn't even see them because we had this other thing going on. Kind of an example there. A lot of times we have these filters um, that we let in, these perceptual filters, and that can heavily influence the way we interact with the world, the way we perceive what's actually going on in the world. Sometimes our behaviors are driven by our perceptual filters as much as the stories that we make up about why something is happening. And then underneath that, we have a set of more core beliefs. So we can have like some really deep core beliefs and then another set of beliefs that kind of are derived from that. Uh, it really doesn't matter a whole lot, uh, you know, which one is a core and which is a secondary belief. I don't go around labeling, oh, this belief's a core one or this one's a secondary one. It's just a core belief. It's a belief about how the world works, what it takes for people to love and accept us, how do we fit in, how do we need to appear in order for us to navigate the world and to be loved and accepted and you know, feel like we're, we're worthy and whatever we need to do there is these core beliefs. And those can heavily influence our behaviors. And this is just kind of a framework if the things, you know, we're experiencing don't exactly match up to these. That's okay. That's not a big deal. We just know that there's all this stuff going on inside of us and all of those things are driving our behaviors. And if we work directly on behaviors only, change can be pretty hard. Now, sure, there's some things that we want to change and it's really just a behavior only thing. You know, maybe a route that we take to work needs to change. So we take this route instead of that route. That's not too hard. But if there's some behaviors that we have are driven 
by what's going on in our internal processes, that behavior can be really hard to change. And if we're only focusing on the behavior, that behavior can persist and we can change it and it can come back and we can try to change it and it might be there and it can even occur when we're not even aware of what's going on uh, because you know this perception, these things that are going on inside of our internal processing, it just happens and it's almost at a subconscious level and that behavior just pops out. And just trying to change the behavior we can do some success at that, but we have a whole lot more success addressing those internal processes. If we can change the stories, the meanings we're assigning to things, if we can change our perceptual filters, if we can change our core secondary beliefs about how the world works, that will change things at a much deeper level and we might get more than one behavior change by just changing those things. So that's a place where I believe uh, we really can make change at a much deeper level. Now, when you do make change, sometimes we make change at the behavioral level just because it does influence the perception, the internal stories and the meanings and the perceptual filters and all of that. Um, and so sometimes change happens at both levels at the same time. <clears throat> so... We change what's going on inside, our beliefs about ourselves, about others, about how the world works, and we can also change the behaviors at the same time, and those two things can influence each other, and it can be pretty powerful to make change that way. So that way, like if you work with me as a coach, I'll probably give you practices to do throughout the week, and those practices will be there to help you change those internal processes and uh, it'll be changing some of the behavior as well. But will we do the practices in such a way that's not just focusing on changing the behavior, but also be addressing those core beliefs and some of those deeper issues, those deeper things going on inside. Ultimately, though, we want the change to happen from the inside out, not just changing the behaviors themselves. Now, as you can see, these, these different levels going on inside folks, uh, some change can be a lot easier than others. Some changes are pretty straightforward. There's not this internal drive behind the behaviors quite so much. And making those changes can be pretty easy and not a big deal. Uh, but other changes like changing habits or maybe changing automatic responses or changing behaviors like addictive behaviors. Those are things that are heavily driven by the internal processes and the things that are making it mean, the meanings we're assigned to things. And that can be a lot harder to change than those other just behavioral only kind of things going on. So we're gonna talk more about this right after this break. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. 
Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on The Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to The Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Now back to The Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Hey, welcome back. We are listening to the Impact Hour. Today, we are talking about making change. And some change, just before the break, we're talking about how some change can be a lot easier than others. So, for instance, if you wanted to remember to put your hard hat on before entering a construction site, that probably is not too hard of a change for most folks anyways. And there might be some reminders and things just to make sure you don't forget because we can, you know, be not present not fully present when we get out on the construction site and we're thinking about the job or the project, what needs to get done and might forget. But other than that, just remembering to put the hat on is not that big of a deal. But if we're changing something at a deeper level, let's suppose you have an addictive type of process going on, addiction to alcohol or something else, it could be really anything Oftentimes, with that kind of change, there's more really going on than it just happens to be a habitual pattern in your life. There's probably something deeper that's driving that kind of behavior. And those changes can be a whole lot more difficult. Now, when we're talking about the world of change, there's a lot of nuance and a lot of things going on out there. And for the most part, uh, what I find a lot of anyways, if I use the right kind of phrasing here, um, for the most part... For a lot of folks, people want to change other people. That's what I see a lot of. And that's not always true, but I see a lot of, oh, you know, so-and-so won't listen to me, or my kids won't listen to me, Uh, my employees won't do what I want them to do, my friend keeps having this thing that annoys me and I want them to change. There's a whole lot of angst and focus on changing other people. So I wanted to talk about that. There's a whole lot of that going on out there. So... Just want to start out, the basic truth about changing others is you can't, unfortunately. So we really can't change other people. I mean, sure, you can kind of, you know, if you're the boss or the parent, you can, you know, cause behavior to be a certain way through some kind of edict. You shall do this, you shall do that, or whatever. And that might change the person's behavior for a while, But then as soon as you're not there, the behavior goes back. There wasn't really an internal drive behind the behavior. Rather, they were changing because you told them you had to or else. And so they changed their behavior. But you didn't really change their heart. And you didn't change their drive or their desire for the change. And the change doesn't stick. And if you don't have that kind of authority over the person, you can't even do that. You can't say, you shall do this, you must do that. That just doesn't work. And even if you have that positional power, it works only temporarily. So you really don't get the deeper level change that you would really want to see. And that's especially true for parents to understand that when we're teaching our kids, 
you know, when they're growing up and we want to teach them what's right and what's wrong and, you know, what's, what's valued, what's valuable in the world and what's not as valuable. Uh, changing their behaviors and focusing all on their behaviors really doesn't teach and instill our values into our kids the way we want. And really to change and to teach kids, we need to really be influencing deeper level change rather than just focusing on behaviors. So real change is influenced, not demanded. So if we want to help, to facilitate, to influence change in somebody else, it has to be just that, an influence or, you know, some kind of, uh, I don't know, getting them to see the value in the change and getting them to want it for themselves. Uh, that's really the only way we can be a part of and to support and influence somebody to change is to get them to see why they want the change for themselves. Because people only change when they want to, not when you want to. So we can influence change. Uh, we can teach. Like if we're parents with our kids, we can teach. Here's why this is right. Here's why this is wrong. These are the principles that are applied. That can help a lot. Uh, you can maybe have an invitation. I think this change would really support you and your happiness. And I invite you to look at this and see how that goes for you. Maybe some kind of invitation. So you can lead them to change, but there needs to be trust and they have to see it for themselves. If they don't see the value in it for themselves, they'll go, eh, no, that's not for me. And it's pretty much done at that point. Basically, you can't change somebody else. So we might as well change ourselves. And that will serve you a whole lot more than going around trying to change other people. I wanted to address kind of this, this often comes up in conflict. We're having a conflict with somebody and we want them to change. They're the problem. That's the way it looks. It seems like it's them. They're the ones who are having this behavior and we really wish they would change. And we put all our attention on, you know, they did this and they did that and they made me this way and they made me yell or they made me get mad or whatever. And we put a whole lot of emphasis on them. But this idea of changing them still applies. We can't change them, and we really can only change ourselves. The truth is that oftentimes in conflict, if they're doing or saying something, and you're getting triggered, and you're getting all upset, and you know, you're reacting to whatever they're doing or saying, most likely... There's something going on inside you that is triggering that response. If you think about it, if they said something and you didn't have anything on it, you didn't sort of believe it was true, you thought it was just nonsense, they were just too far out there, weird and crazy, we go, eh, that's weird. Why'd they say that? And it wouldn't trigger you at all. But we get triggered when we've got stuff inside of us and it's poking that stuff. That stuff, those, those beliefs that maybe were instilled in us when we were growing up by our parents, those things, those beliefs we have about ourselves, and it's poking that stuff, and we're really responding to that stuff more than we're responding to that other person. And of course, you really can't control the other person anyways, so a good place to start is to look at that stuff. 
what is getting stirred up when someone says or does something and you're having your buttons pushed, you're getting triggered, you know, emotions are running high and you are making it mean something and you're getting upset. It's usually that stuff that's coming up that's being poked. In my opinion, that's the best place to look. That's the best place to work on. If you can work on that stuff, if I can work on that stuff in me, then when somebody says or does something like that in the future, if it's worked on, maybe it's not ever fully worked on, but worked on quite a bit, I can go, eh, I recognize that. That's them. They're poking me. It's my stuff, but I've dealt with that. That lie I'm starting to believe right now is not true, and and I'm just not going to let it get to me. And so that's where we can start to work on ourselves. And uh, in conflict, that's the best place to look. That's the best place to resolve conflict is to look at yourself and see what is it that they're poking. Now, a lot of times people hear this and react and go, yeah, but they actually did this. They actually said this horrific thing. They they treated me. They mistreated me. They did this thing. And, and yeah, maybe. Maybe they did do all of that. But you can't change them. So you might as well work on what's going on in you. I might as well work on what's going on in me. And of course, just because I'm a coach and I work on this stuff doesn't mean I've got all my stuff worked out either. You know, I've got stuff I've got to work on as well. And when I get into conflict, I don't want to look at that stuff. I want to blame the other person. That's so much more fun and easy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if I really want to resolve what's going on and, and you know, come to some kind of uh, satisfactory kind of conclusion to it, it might it works so much better for me to work on my own stuff than to try to blame them and put it all on them and wait for them to change and wait for them to apologize and wait for them to do whatever it is I'm hoping that they can do. So in the end, what really works is to change ourselves. So this is where the change can get hard. And I highly recommend whenever you're trying to change yourself to get support from somebody else. We can't see our own eyebrows. A lot of times we've got things going on and we actually can't see it. It's, uh, you know, we tend to block things out. We have our own perspective. We can't see it from an outside perspective. We're not able to see what's going on. So a lot of times when you're trying to change ourselves, it's really hard to, to actually see what's really going on. And so getting support is so much better uh, not only can they provide a fresh perspective on what's going on, but they can be emotionally supportive. They can be encouraging. They can listen. We can have somebody we feel like gets us and understands. And then they can provide a, you know, good, positive, supportive feedback in addition. And it can be so much better. And when I say you can't see your own eyebrows, part of it is a lot of times we have this self-deception going on. We have... Uh, we're deceiving ourselves in one way or another, and we're actually blind to a lot of things that might be going on in our internal processing. In our internal processing, there's, there's an ego involved in there, and this ego has this idea of self, and it's trying to preserve that. And it doesn't want us to look at certain things because that could be unsafe. That could be something changing our idea of our identity. Who's, who are we? And so we have this inner world of self-deception going on. And having support can really help a whole lot. Now, there is a difference between good support and bad support. Um, 
So professional support is almost always going to be a whole lot better than just talking to a friend. Um, the friend might be really awesome, but the friend might not be. It all depends. And uh, if we're sharing some things that are going on that we're struggling and it triggers them and they go, blah, and then they might have some kind of response like, well, just get over it. Well, that's not great support. <laughs> if we could get over it, we would have already. So it's good to find those friends, those folks, professional or otherwise, who can be really encouraging and supportive and to listen without judgment and can be there and support. So look for that kind of support, not just anybody with an open ear. And we're going to talk a little bit more about good support here in just a few moments after this break. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today, we're talking about making change because change can be really hard. So we're talking a little bit earlier about you really can't change other people. And so really what's open, what's available is to change yourself. Now, that might not seem fair Oh man, they're the problem. Why should I have to change? Because they're such a whatever you want to call them. Um, (laughs) um, In the end, you actually win a whole lot. When you change yourself, you work on your internal processes, you work on your responses to certain things. That is such a huge win. You might as well just go for that rather than focusing on trying to change them, which you really can't do anyways. And so you might as well change yourself. And we talked just before the break about getting support, getting somebody who can really help you process, to be able to see the things and then maybe open your eyes to things that you're not able to see. You have your perceptual biases. You have things you're noticing in the world and things that maybe get filtered out and they can point out those things uh, in a loving way and they can support and help you actually make a really big, deep transformational change over time. One huge thing I've found, at least for me, it is so huge for me when making change is to take the judgment out. For me, if I'm working with somebody and I'm getting support from somebody and I feel like there's a should, you should be this way, you should be that way, or this thing you did was bad, that was wrong, that kind of thing, that is that for me is just complete judgment 
and I resist that. I think most people do. So judgment is met with resistance, and it actually makes the change even harder. I don't know about you folks, but when someone's that way with me, oh, you should have been this way, you shouldn't have done that, and all of this, somewhere inside me it's like, yeah, well, you're not going to tell me what to do, buddy. I'm not doing that. And and that's the end of the change, at least for then. <laughs> and it's, uh, I just, I'm not open. I'm not open anymore to whatever else they're going to suggest. I'm not, I'm starting to question, do they have my best interest at heart? Or is this something to help them make them feel better? Are they being judgmental because now they can feel superior? Are they being judgmental because I don't know why, but it doesn't feel like it's for me anymore. And I'm starting to wonder, are they really talking about things that are supportive and helpful for me anymore? Or is that that out the window? And a lot of this, for me anyways, is happening not even at a conscious level. It's just happening. And then I'm, you know, put the hand, arms up, talk to the hand. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm not there anymore to, to listen to the change, at least not in a really good way. I might be physically present, but, but the change that's being suggested is not sinking in. I'm not buying into it. I'm not open to, to have any sort of uh, practices around it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not with it. I've checked out. So it really helps to take the judgment out. If you're wanting to change yourself, take the judgment out. If you want to support someone else's change, take the judgment out. Don't make it wrong. Don't make it bad. Don't make it right, even. Don't make something good. It just is. Just take the judgment out and make it be okay to just look at it. What is it? What happened? How did I feel? What happened just before that? And it's not wrong or bad. I don't have to cover it up. I don't have to pretend I've got it together. It just is, and the judgment is gone, at least in that moment. I've suspended it for a while. No judgment. We're just going to look at it and just see what's up, what's going on. So judgment makes the change harder, if not impossible. It's a little bit to kind of get an idea on what it's like to do coaching with me. Um, I oftentimes will just pay attention. Uh, I'll listen to what it is you're wanting to accomplish and what's going on. What's, you know, whatever it is, it's what's up, whatever you want to share, I'm open to that. And so maybe you want to have, you know, better relationships with a coworker or maybe you want to pursue a calling, but you feel like there's some resistance going on and you're not sure why that is. Uh, you know, you go, we have to do items and they just don't get done and you feel like it's procrastinating, whatever it is, I'll just listen to what is going on and uh, just listen to, to how you interpret what is going on and what's in your world. And ultimately, I'm listening just to get a sense on where things are at at the beginning. But ultimately, what I want to do is I want to work down the levels. I want to start with what are the behaviors that's going on? What is it? There's no judgment. What, what's going on? What are the behaviors? Um, are the behaviors supporting what you want? Are the behaviors almost there supporting what you want and it just needs a small tweak? Are the behaviors counterproductive? What's going on there? And of course, I don't want to just stay in the realm of behaviors. I don't feel like that's really going to support the big change that you would want. So I want to work down to, to the lower levels. I want to find out what is the story? What are you making it mean? And what is that kind of thing going on? What is the meaning you're assigning to things, to people's behavior, to your behavior, to your actions, to, you know, requests? Maybe part of, part of your calling is to have your own bone business and you're having a hard time selling because, I don't know, maybe you believe 
that uh, if you sell that you're taking from people and they're not getting the value back. And so you feel like you're stealing from people when you're selling. I don't know, that might be an example. I don't know, that would be you or not. But that would be a story or a meaning that might be coming up. And I would want to find out what are those things? What is it you're making it mean? We can address those and look at the meanings that are being assigned. Is it possible to assign a different meaning? A lot of times things happen and we're assigning a meaning. We've got some sort of story or some kind of belief going on and we don't actually really know if it's true. It seems to fit the facts, but maybe there's other things that fit the facts as well. So what's going on in that arena? And maybe if I coach you, that might be as far as we get in an individual session. But over time, I would want to get to deeper and deeper levels. So what are the perceptual biases that is going that are going on? No judgment. So, you know, what is it that you're always paying attention to? Are there other things happening that somehow are not, not getting in? They're being filtered out. Can we look at those? What are some of the, the deeper core beliefs going on? Now, not everybody is ready to go to every, all these levels all at once. And I'd be surprised if uh, anyone was, was really ready to get very deep very quick. Might depend on how much work they've done in the past. So I'm not trying to push too hard too fast. Uh, I really want to focus on what is possible to do for next steps. I don't want to overwhelm anyone. So I'm working down the levels. So when it comes to the story and the meaning of things, I'm asking folks to get curious. If you're trying to process and work on your own change, get curious for yourself. You know, what is what are you making it mean? Is that true? Is that an old story that's that's been handed down to you from somebody else and you're still holding on to this story? Are you sure that the story is true? Is it possible that there's another story? Maybe another story that fits the facts equally well? Is that other story perhaps maybe more supportive in what you're wanting out of life? So that would be a way to look more at the stories. So that's kind of what I'm what I'm working on. An example of perceptual filters to help kind of clarify that is let's suppose a family goes to the park. They go they show up at the park and dad notices the 1960s hot rod and he's hearing how that engine purrs and to him that's what's going on at the park is this this awesome car. Mom notices the ants and how they may affect the lunch picnic and she's concerned about which table to set things up on. She's noticing all the tables and where are the ants and where is it going to be comfortable for the family. Teddy notices that one of the swings is broken and is worried there aren't enough swings. And that's what he's focusing on. And Sally sees another girl who she instantly decides that will be her best friend and is instantly drawn to this other friend at the park. These are all perceptual biases. These, this family is each focused on different things going on there. The mom might not have even noticed the car. She was so focused on setting up a pleasant lunch experience for the family and might not have even seen the car. It's an example of our perceptual filters. So it's just things that we are drawn to. And that's a real light example, but you know, some more deep examples might be a person is always drawn to what's wrong. Whatever the situation is, whatever's there, what's not quite right, what's not perfect, what's wrong, and that's a perceptual bias or perceptual filter. So if you wanted to look at your own perceptual filters, you can ask, what am I focusing on? What are the other facts? And if you're having some kind of conflict, 
Some, something came up, you just got triggered, you can start asking what just happened. What are the actual facts? Not just what did I make it mean, but you know, what are the actual facts of actually what was occurring in there? Think back, what was going on, who was where, who said what? What are the actual facts? And see if maybe there's more there than you initially perceived. So secondary beliefs come from our core beliefs. So we believe this core belief, and because of that, there's another belief that just kind of flows out of that. I don't want to talk too much about secondary beliefs because they can be all over the place, all kinds of beliefs that can be out there. And when the, the belief is true, it's fine, it's well and supportive, but if the belief is not, if it's hindering, if it's not necessarily true, or if it's half true, that can be something that can get in the way. And then I'm going to talk a little bit more about core beliefs. Core beliefs, when we start to look at those, we can make enormous transformational change uh, in ourselves. And one of the things about these core beliefs is oftentimes they are not even conscious. We're not thinking about them. This is not something like, I believe, and you go out there into the world and sharing this core belief. This is not like religious beliefs. This is more like at a subconscious level, for me, for instance, if I look foolish in front of people, a part of me believes I will die. I believe people will label me as a bozo, they'll stop listening to me, they'll disassociate from me, I won't have any friends, I'll be all alone, it'll be all over. That would be like a core belief that I've had that I still work on. I'm trying to, to limit that belief, limit its impact on my life. And that's not something I would walk around going, hey, I believe that I'm going to die if I look foolish. That's not even conscious until it became more conscious, I became more aware of it. So I'm going to talk more about these core beliefs right after this break. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. If you have missed any past episodes, you can go to theimpacthour.com, and all of our past episodes are there. Um, or if, and either way or both, I guess, if you want to take us with you on and uh, listen to us in a podcast, you can go to that same website. It has instructions on how to set it up, and you can listen to this show as a podcast in your favorite podcast player. So today we're talking about making change. 
and like I shared before, this is not like changing 120 to, you know, two fives and a 10. <laughs> we're talking about making change in your life and my life, uh, because a lot of times we're not really getting what we want out of life. There's things in the way and it requires change and change can be pretty hard. It can be pretty scary. It can challenge our sense of who we are. But when we start making change, we can have, oh, so much more satisfaction and achieve more of what we want in life. It can improve relationships. We can stop being triggered so much by what we experience in the world, and we can really have a lot more joy. And it just opens the doors for making that impact in the world that we really want to make in the world. I'm talking a little bit about kind of different levels um, of change in there, a little bit about what it's like coaching with me. Uh, when a person is ready, when it's what up, when they're able to listen and actually address it, sometimes we can get to addressing core beliefs and make some change at a much deeper level. Core beliefs oftentimes are unconscious. They're not verbalized. If we asked if we had these core beliefs, a lot of times we would even say, no, that's not me. I'm not that. You know, it's it's our ego protecting ourselves uh, we want to feel good about ourselves. You know, we don't want to feel like there's anything wrong with us. But a lot of times at a deeper level, we're even, you know, we don't want these beliefs to be spoken because then maybe it might change and it might change who we are and might change the ego's identity of who we are. What kind of person are we? Who are we? And if that changes, that might feel like dying a little bit. So our ego protects us. It says, no, we can't talk about that. And sometimes when coaching, you know, I'll, I'll try to share something and the person might be go, what? I didn't get what you said. And I'll say it again with different words. I'm, I'm not getting it. And it's just not getting it. And that's the ego saying, nope, nope, that's not allowed right here. We're not going to allow that in. But when someone is ready, we can talk about these core beliefs and start, start shifting that a little bit. Start pushing up against it. Is it true? Is it always true? Can we change some of these? Can we lessen, lessen the belief and make it not quite so powerful in our lives? So I shared before the break, one of the beliefs I've had that I'm still working on, that I've made progress on. I wouldn't be on the radio if I hadn't made progress on this for sure. But uh, I had this core belief, this subconscious belief that if I looked foolish, if I did not appear smart, and uh, then basically people would label me a bozo they would stop listening to me. People would, you know, disassociate from me. And basically, I would die. That would be, that's kind of what my subconscious is deeply afraid of. That would be like like a death. Like I'm no longer valuable. I'm no longer connected to people. Uh, that would be the end of it. And so I avoided any place, any situation where I might look foolish. Where I might say the wrong thing and people might go, oh, that's not right. That's That's foolish. That's silly. Whatever people might say, I, I wouldn't want to put myself in any scenario where that could happen. And there would just be this sudden fear around that. I'm like, ooh, I'm not ready to do that. I wouldn't know why, but it's this core belief rearing its head. If you want to make a legacy in the world, create an impact, something like this could really get in the way. And for me, I've had to work on it. I couldn't ignore it. So some other examples of these core beliefs might be if I'm visible, I will get hurt. So I can't put myself out there. I couldn't be seen. Um, if I am physically there, I make myself as small as possible so I don't draw attention to myself. That way I can stay safe. Other examples, if I don't do well and look good, I will die. 
My value as a person is tied to doing well and looking good. And if I don't look good and I don't do well, then my value is not there. I become worthless. And that's, that's not good. We must avoid that at all cost. Or it could be if I feel pain, it will be too much and I will crumple into a puddle and die. A lot of these things are tied to and I will die. It's that deep. It's, I mean, sure, consciously you wouldn't think, well, that's silly. Why would we think that? But at a subconscious level, we're thinking, man, we, we're doing this for survival. We need to survive. This is how we will survive in the world, by, by having these truths and, and, and behave according to these truths that we feel we believe in here. Or it could be if people don't like me, I will die. I'll do everything I can to get people to like me. I'll crack jokes. I'll, do, I'll give gifts. I'll do whatever I can. I'm going to make people like me. Because if I don't, then it's all over for me. My survival depends on it. Or it could be if I'm not powerful, then I will be weak and other powerful people, you know, they will do whatever to me. I will be weak. I won't be in control of my life and I need to be powerful to survive. Or if I don't pay attention to everything that could go wrong, I could be blindsided by something out there and that'll be it. So my survival depends on paying attention to everything that could possibly go wrong and thinking up all these what-if scenarios, what if this, what if that, and having a plan B and a plan C and a plan D and a plan E for all these different contingencies. Or it could be if I don't pay attention to everything. Well, let's see. I've talked about the one. If I don't get it perfect, it means I'm not worthy and I will die. And so it must be perfect. Everything must be perfect. I must do it perfect. Uh, everything around me must be perfect. So, and there can be a whole lot more of these two. This is not an exhaustive list, uh, but this just gives some ideas here. So when I work with people, when I coach, I work with people where they're at. I mean, sure, I want to help people live a legacy and make a huge impact in the world. And there's a whole lot of steps and a lot of things that people need to do to get there. There's a whole lot of envisioning and dreaming that needs to happen in there. But if the person is feeling worthless and questioning if anyone will ever listen to them, that's what's up for the person. That's where we need to start. Really can't work on making a big impact in the world if you're questioning if you're valuable and if people will listen. And you're wondering, well, who am I to be doing this sort of thing? I mean, sure, we can set up steps, but are you really going to be following those steps? If deep down you're wondering, am I really a kind of person who can do this? Am I worthy of this? Am I kind of the person that people would listen to? Who am I to be doing this? And that's what needs to be worked on. And sure, we might do a two-pronged approach, might take some steps towards making that those dreams come true, but we're working on the self-worth issues. So, like I mentioned before, when coaching with me, I'm working at the behavioral level and I'm working on the internal processes of both. I'm trying to connect those two, two things together I'm setting up practices that will speak new messages into your life so that you can see yourself as a different kind of person. It will stretch your edges. And I'm working on internal dialogue and beliefs, and we're working on those as well. So we're setting up affirmations. We're setting up what you might call brag sheets about why you're awesome. So it's not just to have pride and you know that negative kind of pride, but really step into what is possible and what are you really worthy of in addition uh, to setting up those practices that give those kind of uh, messages as well. 
And then towards the end, I'll just give a couple of simple tips here that will help kind of form new habits and make change. And one of the tips is to hitchhike or attach a new habit onto an existing one. If you're wanting to add new change in your life, you can always say, well, when you do this, also do that. And that's a way of, of attaching or hitchhiking one new kind of habit that you want to have on another. And so maybe even you're having a hard time remembering to do your practices. And I can say, well, when you brush your teeth, you do that every night, perhaps. And when you're brushing your teeth, then you also have this other practice that you do. Or you could set up, you know, other kinds of things that you hitchhike on. Maybe there's things you do regularly. Maybe you take a walk in the morning regularly. That's something you're already doing. Then when you take a walk, you also do this, this other practice or this other habit. Another thing that can be really helpful is to shrink the change. If the change seems too complex, too overwhelming, it's too much, it's too big, you're shutting down because it just seems overwhelming, then maybe we can shrink the change into smaller steps. And so we'll start making smaller steps. Um, that way it's not too big and not too overwhelming. Or if there's something going on and you're trying to make some change and you think, well, this never seems to happen. Why isn't this happening? How can I get this thing to change? Uh, maybe it's some kind of relational uh, thing that's come up. You want your relationship to be a certain way and it looks too hard, too complicated. I would say, well, when has it worked? When has the change worked? When is, was it the way you wanted? And that's what I call find the bright spots. Look for when it has already worked and try to duplicate that. So thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Impact Hour. <laughs>